Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 11 of The Snapshot. We're your hosts. My name is Brennan Patrick. I'm joined by none other than KM Best. The Snapshot is a Marvel Snap podcast focused on the competitive side of the game. And in episode 11, we'll be diving into the new season, Days of Future Past, talking about Nimrod, current infinite meta, and our tips and tricks on how to climb the season. Let's get into it. All right, Cam, how was your week in Marvel Snap? My week in Marvel Snap was remarkably enjoyable. That's I, good. you know, obviously the metagame is what it is right now, but I managed to pump my ranks enough that I play some humans. I'm having some fun playing against humans, and I'm really noticing the discrepancy between humans and bots in terms of how they play into certain things. Uh, and by that, I mean, I had a bot juggernaut my Galactus a couple times yesterday <laughs> on a, like a pure guess, and it made me very sad. But, you know, humans are much less able to make those kind of plays with certainty, which is a very interesting concept in terms of like, when you start thinking about the decks that are good into the cheater robots versus the decks that are good into humans, I, I think the new Galactus deck is better into humans than the old one was but worse into the cheater bots i had a funny situation with bots and like i don't know if i'm just like creating this in my mind but it does seem like when i was around rank 70 like the distinction between bots and humans like sometimes distinct sometimes not right and i think for the ones that were distinct when i was lower rank in like 70 i noticed that some of those bots would stay in longer so i would be able to juice them for like four cubes rarely eight cubes but usually like four cubes and then once i got into like 80s and 90s they always freaking retreat at like with the two cube like i never get the four cubes out of the bots um and they become like they i think they're gigabrain cheater in 70 as well but like in like the 90s like they are like super gigabrain shooter they stopped making like those dumb plays we were just like the play is so bad just like okay that's definitely a bot uh, so they make, yeah they make reasonable really plays and they them. cheat and they cheat um just just get rid of it like i've been i've been high ranked in other games without bots i don't understand why this one has bots it's it like i i'm more that da- i'm more high on the ability to play people than i ever have been and because i'm playing more people i'm really enjoying marvel snap and the fact that i have to have this conversation is really frustrating i feel like have you seen the google document that has the list of bots and humans that document has been pinned in my discord since january i saw it for the first time this week and i thought it was hilarious <laughs> well you just added yourself as never using my discord <laughs> I just haven't. I just hadn't seen that document. Huge mistake, by the way. <laughs> Imagine if you'd known about this for two months. Honestly, like I don't know. So I think it's mostly like the. It helps you with the ones that like look like bots, but they might be humans. Um, I don't use mm-hmm. it on personally. Um, just because I play on my phone, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a great resource for people that are climbing. Because the thing about bots is like, I don't think that you're obligated to juice bots. And like, that's like a, something you need to be doing to rank up. But I do think it's helpful for when you might mistake something as a bot and it's not, and you get wrecked because of it. Um, I think that's where if most of the field are. If they're going to put this crap in the game, then you owe it to yourself to you abuse it to the best of your power, in my opinion. 
Yeah. All right, well, let's head into the news. So we had Nimrod drop. Nimrod just will go over it again. It's a 5-5 and says, when this is destroyed, add a copy to each other location. Now that you've had some time to play with this, KM, uh, what do you think of this card? Like, where does its kind of power level land for you? Have you had some fun with it, at the very least? It's better than I thought it was, but pretty specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galactus is the shell I found for it that makes the most sense, but it introduces this weird tension because you want to be able to have this the, the switch up game when you play with Galactus, right? You want to be able to choose to play on four, five, or six. Nimrod lets you do that, but then you have the choice of like one of the other cards in the deck, right? So it, by making yourself a Nimrod deck, you sort of make your null weaker. You're no longer playing Maximus and Lizard to pump your null, but that you don't necessarily have to not be playing those cards. Basically, I feel like the deck is not figured out yet. The version I have on my channel, the version that's probably in my tier list, I I feel like there's still so much room for optimization in terms of the early game. Like, there are three ramp cards in there. Do there need to be three ramp cards Mm -hmm. in there? Are we good enough at winning the turn four Galactus games? I don't know, but I do honestly feel like there's something there. And... The power of having the switch ups between turn four, five, and six Galactus to sort of get rid of the things your opponent might be doing. So you can wave and, you know, hang to see if they have arrow, or you can wave and then, you know, hang to see if they have arrow and then play uh, a Nimrod instead and then try to Galactus later in the game. Like, there are a lot of interesting things that you can do with a list. So. I want to quickly highlight the interaction here with Galactus because, I mean, it makes sense after you've seen it, but I think initially it's maybe a bit unintuitive. So when you do Galactus with Nimrod, it creates the two copies, um, usually in the Galactus lane because it will destroy it once and then it'll transfer over and destroy it again twice. Uh, Just want to mention that in case people hadn't seen that interaction quite yet. Um, But yeah, I want to talk about some of these upcoming Series 5 cards this week. So first off, we have Kitty Pride. So 1-0, and it says you can return this to your hand, gain plus 2 power. Hold on, hold on. When you say upcoming Series 5 cards this week, you should be clear. Kitty Pride's not coming out until like the 28th. Yeah, so this is just upcoming this month. Um, yeah. I don't know if I said this week. If I did, I definitely misspoke. But yeah, Kitty Pride, the 1-0 says you can return this to your hand and gain, and gain plus 2 power. 2 gain plus 2 power. What do you, I think that this is, uh, from the consensus I've seen, this is the one that people are the most excited about. What are your thoughts? She's the one I'm the most excited about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, definitely very excited to play with Kitty Pride. Definitely kind of annoyed that I have to wait so long to get her. She is the one of the cards that is coming out that I think is the coolest. Uh, her obvious applications with Angela and Bishop are something that really gets mm-hmm. me going in terms of where I want to brew. Uh, yeah, she's super dope. Big fan. Yep. And then there's uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead 3-2. After any card is played here, destroy this card and that card. Do you see this slotting into any current decks um, that you're playing with? I don't, but I'm really looking forward to figure out all the ways in which I'm wrong about that. <laughs> okay. And then last one, we have Master Mold 2-2 on reveal. Add two Sentinels to your opponent's hand. Thoughts? I feel like this card is ass, but at <laughs> so, least it gives me some ability to try to play like Ronin or 
maybe like maybe it's like the kind of card that can prevent your opponent from drawing cards. I just I don't know. I, I play Sentinel in a lot of decks. I probably rate Sentinel a lot higher than a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of decks that aren't going to be that mad when this happens to them. And yeah. that might just be me. That might just be me. Uh, but I'm a little, I'm a little iffy. It's pretty interesting, right? Like we have, I mean, this isn't necessarily a, the same effect, but you know, Black Widow putting that additional card in your hand that clogs up a board state and doesn't let you draw. It's different because it just doesn't let you draw via the uh, the Widow's Bite being in the hand and it's a 0-0 zero, zero that you have to play. Um, they're playing legit bodies with these Master Bolts, these two Sentinels, so two threes. So it's something these sentinels do they just they add the sentinel back to hand right they have the sentinel ability so they're effectively like kind of like locked on these sentinels in hand right yeah i like i get what it's doing in terms of hand clog i just don't know how many decks are going to be unable to work around that restriction yeah yeah because like <laughs> I mean, if you just play your other cards, like, yeah, you have these two sort of redundant cards in hand. I don't know. It's interesting, right? You got Master Mold on two, maybe, like, Maximus on three. Um, and therefore, you're potentially playing the Maximus, like, without the downside if your opponent didn't have, like, a one drop. Um, I think it's interesting. There's more to it than, I think, initially meets the eye, where it's like, I see this card. It's like, two, two, add two sentinels to your hand. I'm like, this card sucks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, th there's definitely, like, stuff to it i just like i find it hard to believe like, like i said i'm a guy who actually likes sentinels right i'm a big fan of sentinel as a card i like a lot of the time i'll be like yeah that's dope you know i'm not drawing the card that's in my deck uh but like i guess specifically against a combo deck that isn't playing cards early so like specifically against i don't know like a galactus mm -hmm. deck like the Nimrod deck that is looking to just like do a couple things late in the game and win the game off that. That's where it's good because you prevent them from drawing cards. And they don't have as many like, There's there going to the be some situations where it's an absolute checkmate. I just don't know if that's going to happen a lot. Yep. Um, well, with Galactus as well, they don't have any, as many spots to deploy the board because they want to keep that lane open for Galactus. I think that... Yeah, I mean, this card also being a two drop, and like you said, if it is a if it is a checkmate to Galactus, it's kind of going to be one of those one cuber cards. Which is, I think, if you're getting that, if you're getting a one cuber on turn two, it's like way better than a turn five one cuber. But yeah, it's it's a cool card for sure. I uh, I also play have played Sentinels in like my legit decks that I've been ranking with in recent. I don't know if it was in the past two months or in the past month, but maybe Sentinels will become one of those things where it's like we look at it in a few months and it's like that was like boom or Marvel Snap Power. And like modern Marvel Snap Power Sentinels are just not good enough or something like that. I mean that's possible, but you know, it keeps seeing play in like just, you know, the most decent Sarah decks, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always an in-play option for your two drop slot, even if it's, you know, a pretty mediocre card on its face. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the bend and snap section. This is a listener question section. Uh, this question is from Arsenal underscore two. He says, love the content. Have a question. I've been playing for two months now. Last month and last month I hit rank 140. And this month I hit infinite in two days. Love. I'm loving the game and feel I get better every day. But how do I continue to play and not get my MMR so high that I get nowhere and I face all bots? Ah, uh, <laughs> well, you gotta like the, the, this is this is the brutal the brutal truth. You gotta pump. You gotta you gotta lose some games. Yeah. Otherwise, you will be stuck in the vicious cycle, and you will continue going upwards with nowhere other what elsewhere to go. 
you got to bring your MMR more in line with the other people around you. Yeah. They, and that sucks. They also said their collections level 2700. Um, is there any, like, the at the rate in which you get stuck in that bot ELO, right? Is it related to collection level at all, like, once you're out of pool three? So if you're, like, collection level 2700. About 600 is where it's, where it's related. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that with the advent of battle mode, like... You don't have like grinding ladder is not your only way to interact with the game. Battle mode is a bit harder because obviously you need like another person and like that's a whole logistical thing and way harder than just clicking queue up. But it is there, right? And we've seen you do this a lot, KM, where on your streams a lot you are playing battle mode games because of the current issues with the matchmaking system. So I'm happy that's there and it's an option. But yeah, unfortunately, that's the current state of the matchmaking system. That being said, we have heard a lot of rumors and talk about them changing that system. They put a Band-Aid on it, which we'll get into in the main topic, uh, which is, it's okay. (laughs) It's kind of weird. But ultimately, I think that, yeah, they understand that's a problem. I think they're getting universally negative feedback, especially from the players in the infinite ranks, but even players not infinite. Like, I was going to leave this for the main topic, but I think that the the idea that there's a system where this the the ranks reset and some players get infinite like only play bots to infinite and then some players don't like it just it doesn't feel fair at all and what's what's the it's problem it's is not. yeah the problem is is, is it sucks on both ends <laughs> and like some yep. play, some players feel cheated and they feel like it's unfair right because they have a harder time and then other players are like I can't enjoy this game because I just play bots and they're at like this level of pattern recognition where they can either beat them every time or the bots cheat. And that sucks. Like when the bots understand it's not, it's not like it. it, I guess the thing I would say is the frustrating bit about losing to bots is when you lose in a way that can only happen because they're clairvoyant. Right. Mm -hmm. I had a game yesterday where I had a 10 power or like it was an eight power Nimrod because we'd gone a Shuri with Scorpion. Right. We had an eight power Nimrod, a Wolverine on the board and a destroyer, right? So I played the destroyer in the left lane, knowing that I would put eight power in the other two lanes. Yeah, because Mm -hmm. there's an eight power Nimrod in the left lane and the bot played uh, nine power in the mid lane and 11 power in the right lane. And it's like and knowing that I knew immediately that Wolverine was not going to go to either yep. of those lanes. Because if the Wolverine was going to go to those lanes and add his four power to the eight power that was in that, that were that that was in that was going to go in there because of the Nimrod, the bot would simply not have played only nine power or only eleven power in that lane. And what do you know? Wolverine went left. I lost the game because the bot knew that it was winning a 60%, 66%er. Uh sorry, it was a 33 percenter for them. Yeah, so Wolverine going either of the other places, but I knew, and this is the part that sucks, is the knowledge after you see their play of what the RNG outcome is before it happens, because otherwise they wouldn't have made that play. Another example is like, let's say it's turn five, you developed a lockjaw into a lane, you put three stones in that lane on turn five per se, or maybe it's just two additional stones. The bot has nine power there. You're currently a three power. The bot doesn't commit any cards to that on turn five. Well, they just know that your stones are going to go grab like a one drop or other stones. They know that they're not going to need more power there. And it's just really tilting because like they know the randomness of the lockjaw and they will play around it. It's like the same thing if you have anything that uh, tweaks locations as well, like a Scarlet Witch or a... Oh my god, dude. I had the worst (laughs) fucking thing of all time happen to me today. Are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah, Oh, this is 
this is one of the most heinous bot plays I've ever seen. And I know this is how it works because we tested this with Kang. Um, and how the RNG, you know how the RNG seed works, right? Like yes. you can play something if you have priority to change RNG outcomes. Mm -hmm. So I chucked a Nimrod into Danger Room on the like, you know, okay, let's see, let's see if we can kill it off, right? A bot played a rock there and the rock died so that my Nimrod wouldn't because the bot knew that the RNG seed was such that the next card play there was going to die. And so they played the rock there to make it so my guy didn't die. Oh my God. That's actually, that's probably one of the most egregious, most egregious. That is one of like, that is one of the most, like I, I wouldn't have noticed that before I did the research on the RNG seed stuff, but that is, absolutely what happened and it's not like it did it intentionally it's not like it's smart enough to do that what it did was it looked at the end state of the plays mm -hmm. and it realized that i had less power on the board in the permutations where it played the rock there and so it just did that yeah. it didn't know why it just looked at the end state it was like it, that's what they can do they have captain marvel vision they look at the end state of the board and they make the play that results in the worst outcome for me. And if that means, you know, abusing the RNG seat of Danger Room, God damn it, they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we've talked. I mean, <laughs> I think we've talked about it a lot. And that, one, just, that one was like that one was so I don't even know what the, the word for that is. That was like. That was deflating to scam, right? It's a big old yeah. scam. Like that's I have. I mean, so sometimes I will speak out loud when I'm playing Marvel Snap. <laughs> I think my girlfriend has heard me call this game a scam more times than not because I get juiced by some bot and I'm just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Dude, there, I had another one where uh... <laughs> the other thing that I've noticed with the bots is you can't ever catch them off guard with Galactus. Mm. Yeah, of course. They'll always play. No, like they'll always play into the lane U Galactus. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, that's really bad because, you know, normally you'd be able to like try and do your mind games or whatever, leave a couple different lanes open, make it so you didn't do that, juice your null or whatever with the power of their five drop. You can actually literally never do that. <laughs> They are a bot. There is no mind game whatsoever. There is nothing. They always play their like devil dinosaur into your Galactus lane every single time. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an annoying, annoying thing for to to, to have to think about. I I, I really, really like. I, I have so many just like heinous bot stories, but I think at this point everyone's heard the best of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, brutal. Brutal. Get rid of that crap, please. I lost an AQ. And there's, meanwhile, there's like like two dudes that I play that I would rather play. No offense to either of them. Not going to name any names, but I'd rather play these dudes in terms of cube equity than a bot any day <sighs> of my life. Like, because at least I can. At least when I play these dudes, I can play Galactus, and it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I like, mean, I can play Galactus, and it's fun. It does suck though. Like there, are, like there are some decks that are particularly worse for spots, and, and Galactus is definitely one of them. Um, I mean, I lost, I lost an eight cuber yesterday while I was in the car, and it, it definitely tilted me off the face of the earth. Where, like, there was basically no way I had lost. I dodged, I dodged the Shang Chi and everything, but it, it was a fucking absorbing man, uh, Killmonger, and like just like wiped my board and like the like it was. 
I was, I felt so scammed. I was like, oh my God. And it was, they, like I had priority. So they took like the 50, 50 and like, there wasn't, there wasn't even indication I was playing something that could be Shang-Chi'd and they'd already missed a Shang-Chi and it was like a freaking absorbing man. I was just like, what oh, the yeah. hell? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I had, I had a bot. Bots do this a lot. Again, with Galactus is like, if they have Hobgoblin, they'll Hobgoblin your Galactus, obviously. Mm. But like, it doesn't even feel like, like if human did that to me, I'd be like, oh, wow, nice read, nice play. But when a bot does it to you, it's just like, well, this fucking sucks. You just <laughs> knew that was there. Fuck off. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you want to, if you want to get your question read out on the pod, shoot us a comment on YouTube and we'll get it in the bend and snap section. All right, Cam, let's head on to the main topic, which is Days of Future Past or something I've called Days of Future Leech. I uh, just want to talk a little bit about the match. Wow, you're really, you're really pushing the fucking boundaries with that one. Whoa, Days of Future Leech. Oh, t- wow. Can we get a round of applause? This man is so brave. He doesn't like Leech. <laughs> I actually love Leech. No, I, I mean, Leech is okay. Like, I don't, mi- I don't mind playing a Leech, to be honest. Like, I've just, I know that the general sentiment around Leech is pretty bad. I think that. No, no, no. I, I just, like, I, 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 I just, it's, I, I feel like, you know, not enough people are saying they don't like Leech right now. <laughs> and I. <laughs> that sounds uh, facetious. <laughs> Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the matchmaking changes that did happen though. The plus five ranks. What are your thoughts about that? Do you think that it was like a good change and like did it impact? Yeah. yeah. It was good. So one of the things I've been kicking around recently, and this might bear more exploration, is that people's complaints with matchmaking aren't so much complaints with matchmaking as they are complaints with card acquisition. Mm. They're not necessarily saying, you know, like, you know, this fucking sucks. I mean, I know people are just saying this fucking sucks on the merits uh, because it is not fun to have a deck like Thanos running around and sort of invalidating everything you do and a deck like Shuri running around and invalidating everything you do. But I think it's more that, like, the kind of stuff you need to actually combat this is sort of esoteric and weird. Mm -hmm. And it's much easier to just play the good deck, yeah? And so you're in this situation where, like, these people who are, like, collection level 600, 700, 800, 900 run into some guy with Thanos, and, you know, they don't even have the tools to compete. Yeah. And so people like talking about it as a matchmaking issue. I don't know if it's a matchmaking issue, honestly. I, or if it is a matchmaking issue, it's it's intimately tied to the issue of card acquisition. I think people would be less mad if they had the tools to play Thanos themselves, which is not to say this metagame would be perfect if everyone had the ability to play the best deck, but I think it would be a lot more reasonable because if everyone had the ability to play the best deck, it would also be a lot easier to metagame against it. Mm It would be a lot easier to make a call and say, I'm going to play something that only beats Thanos and Shuri. But if you're like collection level 900, you can't do that because you're not going to play against it all the time. You're just going to play against it enough for it to fucking annoy you. Yeah. The the Thanos Lockjaw deck in particular does feel kind of hard to deal with um, because I, I think I think Specimens Control deck does a great job of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think there are a couple Darkhawk decks that do a good job gumming up the works that can beat like I don't know some range of output from the Thanos deck, which is to say like if the Thanos deck goes you know Quinjet into Lockjaw, you're dead anyway. But if they do most other things, you're probably fine. Yeah. The yeah, the Darkhawk you talked about this before too, like a potential way to combat uh Thanos is shuffling stones in the deck, right? So I mean that goes hand in hand with Darkhawk. Right, like you could definitely do things, right? It's it's not like the deck is unbeatable. You're a little cold to leech in a lot of cases where 
this is sort of what the, the this is the main leech issue i think a lot of people are like leech sucks and don't really understand why leech sucks because it takes away things that should be good counterplay to thanos i that's one, why leech sucks 1000 leech sucks yeah. because th if leech didn't exist Thanos would be one of the most beatable decks to ever live. Mm -hmm. It would be such an easy to deal with deck. And because Leech exists, it just fundamentally is not. Because there is always the fear of, you know, they're just going to turn off my entire hand of Shang-Chi Killmonger. You are unable to rely on the tools that you should be able to rely on to beat a deck like this. Yeah, so a guest that we had recently on, I saw a, a sort of a Twitter thread with Ridiculous Hat, and they were talking about this Sarah Tech deck, which was actually, it's really, really good. It's a good deck. It's a good deck, but fuck, if you get Leech, dude, it's, it, it, it can't do anything. Yeah. Like that, that's. You're cold to Leech, mm -hmm. and you, you are trying to gum up the works before they get the wheels running and get the Leech going. Yeah, I think that the, like, that's the. I 100% agree with you. Like, that's the complaint about Leech, and that's the issue with, like, if there's, if you could call it an issue, that's the issue with Leech, is it just, like, turns off so many of these decks, like, some of these interactive strategies that you're like, okay, I've gone level two on the metagame. I'm going to try to beat this deck. It's like, mm, yeah, unfortunately, this one card in that deck just turns off your, like, all of your right. your ability to interact. Right. I think also there's not there's not a hard enough counter outside of maybe the specimen location control deck, which is so specialized, right? You're playing like debris and goblins and things mm -hmm. like that. And so you lose to like a deck that plays Carnage or yeah. <laughs> like a deck that plays Beast. And like that's the other thing, right? If there was enough of that deck around to force people off of the current build of Thanos, I think they'd end up playing, you know, the old stones version of Thanos with Carnage and Beast, much less vulnerable to this lockjaw crap or this anti-lockjaw crap. So I, I'm a little like, I guess what I feel is people don't have the tools to combat Thanos or to play it. And if they did either of those things, the metagame would be able to be a lot clearer right mm -hmm. now. And people would be able to try to work to counteract Leech in a more real scenario. But instead, we're in this halfway no man's land where someone in collection level 900 gets queued into me and mm -hmm. it, it, that's ridiculous how much of a how much of leech's <clears throat> current you know the community animosity to the card do you think is um due to it somewhat being unfun to play against like it's not fun to get leeched right it just kind of sucks do you think that the i think that that's a lot of it mm -hmm. i think that's a lot of it but people i think and i i, I will say I am sorry for interrupting you there. No, There's probably going to be more of that than a normal episode because I stayed up way too late last night reading. Uh, sometimes that happens to me. I'll get absorbed in a book and I will just absolutely destroy myself. So my inhibitions are at an all time low right now. Uh, so so I'm, I'm going to be a, a fairly mediocre conversation partner. It is entirely possible. And my apologies for that. Uh, and also my apologies to anyone who listens and uh, ends up uh, being like oh, this fucking guy. Because uh, you're right. <laughs> but uh, I would say that the major issues with Leech, I mean, yeah, it's it's not fun. But from a metagame perspective, the issue is it makes Thanos roughly uncounterable, mm -hmm. right? Not necessarily literally uncounterable, but something in the range of it. Let me... Right? And yeah, yeah, I think it's unfun because you're moving, like, especially for people, for the process of people, right? A lot of the decks in the game, as you move through Series 3, you unlock these linchpins for decks, and a lot of them revolve around new ways to put out different amounts of power on Turn 6, right? 
And to have a card that just turns all that stuff off is a bit like saying, ha ha, your shit doesn't matter because I paid money. And I think that I think people feel that. I think there's a sort of ubiquitous dislike uh, for situation card games where you can't play your cards. While Leech doesn't necessarily do that, it doesn't prevent you from playing cards. It does turn them off, right? It turns off all the abilities and like that. It, it's kind of the same thing. So yeah, I think that across most card games I've played, like whether it's magic when you get mana screwed or whether it's a, some other game mm. where someone prisons you out, like it never feels good. And Leech is somewhat similar to that. I want to recount a situation though, where we had leader, right? And leader was kind of a problem card for a while, but then it wasn't. And it got nerfed when it wasn't. It, it got nerfed when it was like the free to play the free-to-play savior, right? It was like, it was what the free-to-play players could kind of use to combat the current meta, and then it got nerfed. I wonder if Leech is in somewhat of a similar scenario. Not that it's the free-to-play savior, that it just gets such a bad rap right now because of how it slots into the Thanos deck that maybe Leech will get targeted when the problem is potentially something like Thanos. Well, I mean, the problem is definitely something like Thanos. But, and I do think Leech, I think it's weird that people focus on Leech, but it's also correct that people focus on Leech because Leech is the reason the Thanos deck is the impregnable wall that it is. Mm -hmm. So, it's honestly, I think, a demonstration of the sophistication of the Marvel Snap community on some level that they have correctly identified why the Thanos deck is broken, right? I don't think it's easy to pick Leech up as that. I think it's easy to say, you know, Quinjet or Lockjaw, right? But Leech is the reason why it's hard to deal with the deck. You know, obviously the higher rolls of Quinjet or Lockjaw are the strongest plays you can make. But in the context of your matchups, Leech is why they're as good as they are. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's actually pretty interesting that, that the community seems to have arrived on that like they're not complaining about getting lockjawed to death they're like you know that's fine that's you know that that's kind of whatever but they are complaining about the leech turning off their cards and i think maybe on some level that's because they understand that if that wasn't happening they'd be able to actually beat the stack Mm -hmm. yeah going back to sort of the top topic which we talked about already but I think, yeah, with the matchmaking system, the biggest change I want to see from them is just a more uniform experience across the player base when it comes to ranking up. Like when it comes to ranks and rank rewards and like what a rank means to a person, whether that's validated or not, I think that, you know, like it should be a similar experience for all players. And I think that a lot of people get frustrated because i've seen this in our youtube comments i've seen this on twitter like people get frustrated that they feel like their experience is harder than other players and while that might not always be the case and it can sometimes be a cop-out the fact that it exists at all is like you should fix that system right like we should fix that matchmaking system i think first and foremost and the best way to do that is to fix like the bot scenario at the higher ranks and like if you do that I think it will have the sort of roll effect of, you know, maybe post infinite, like we talked about with Jerry, like post infinite, maybe take away all the bots or maybe at least just increase the matchmaking parameters slightly. Cause the reason we get a lot of bots, of course, cause the MMR, but there is like a certain amount of time that you can actually wait for a game. And like, I, that's sometimes what leads to bots, right? It's just like, you just can't find a player within this like small time parameter in which you're going to find a, you're going to find a, try to find another player. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to talk about, the top meta decks. We, we talked about Thanos Lockjaw a lot, right? And I think that the, this is like, this is the deck. There was a Marvel Snap Zone tournament recently. I think been within the past few days of recording of, of us recording this on Sunday, the top four decks were Thanos Lockjaw. Um, so that is unsurprising to me. Yeah. It's a great deck. Like, I think it is the deck. It is the deck to beat. And 
I think that the key card of what makes it hard to counter, like we've talked about, is the Leech. Like the decks that would counter it, even decks like Sherry, like they they sort of they have a hard time against Leech, you know, because your Taskmaster gets Leech and like your turn six just loses a lot of equity. After that, there is just Thanos decks without Leech. There's more controlling Thanos deck, uh, Thanos decks. I'm gonna see if I have a list for this. Um, this isn't. I pulled one out. This isn't quite. This is kind of close to it. I mean, this is also Thanos Lockjaw. Uh, here's one. It's like Kang, no lockjaw. You can have a more controlling version. Maybe you can add, add Kang. Maybe you can add some other drops. I've seen some Daredevils and stuff like that. It's an option. I think that the power mm-hmm. ceiling on lockjaw is just so freaking high that it's worth the somewhat randomness of the deck um, for what it's worth. So, yeah, it's hard to find a compelling reason to not play lockjaw in the Thanos list. Do you agree, Cam? Uh... I mean, the compelling reason would be that you're running into a lot of things that are aimed at specifically Lockjaw. Board mm. Clog, for example. Yeah, so like, I would think that that is the compelling reason to cut Lockjaw. If you have to cut it, that would be why. And next up, we have Shuri. I actually think the Shuri deck is like extremely powerful right now, especially with Cosmo. Um, the way they're able yeah. to like you know split push the lanes, they develop the Cosmo, they play the Shuri, then they play the Red Skull on the Cosmo lane. It makes it so that the opposing player can't arrow your Taskmaster, and they're dealing with a thirty power Taskmaster unless you have priority, and they take like a fifty fifty on which one to Shang Chi, or maybe it's clear because of the locations. Because of that, I think the Shuri deck is actually has like a pretty linear line to like just absolutely overpower most games. So it's like just not a lot that the other player can do about it sometimes like you literally like you play a cosmo in one lane you play a sure in the other you drop the red skull in the cosmo lane they just can't do shit like the arrow doesn't do anything yep. the arrow is going to pull the 30 power taskmaster and like there's nothing they can do because of that if you have access to this deck i think it's actually a really consistent deck for climbing with that being said you know your opposing thanos player uh leeches you you just leave those games that's what happens that's the world we live in you get leeched whatever it's just unlikely you're gonna win that and then last up i want to talk about is the uh sarah tech deck um sarah control i like it a lot i love it i love this deck i think if we see leech hit um this is the deck i'm looking at i'm looking at these sarah decks i'm looking at galactus decks stuff like that i I really like this deck but again we talk about sherry getting hit by leech i feel like this deck gets hit worse i feel like this deck hits much worse yeah it gets like you lose the leech games but you should be able at this point you're benefiting from surprise Mm -hmm. uh you have a much better idea of what the thanos player is doing than they have an idea of what you're doing right you're gonna lose one or two cubes sometimes and you're gonna try to win eight that's basically how it'll go yeah and then cam do you want to talk about sort of the current state of galactus do you feel like that deck is close to is it a tier one deck is it close to being a tier one deck if we see nerfs are you looking at galactus as maybe your pickup deck I love Galactus. It's so fun. I don't know what that says about me. Uh, probably nothing good. I think it is. there is a decent chance it ends up being uh, a little stronger than they want it to be. If they end up nerfing cards like Arrow, Leech, those are the cards that are good against Galactus currently. It's kind of always going to be waiting in the wings there. Uh, if we're just waiting for everyone to forget about it to show up and just absolutely farm because there are a bunch of situations that are just absolutely... Uh, decks that just absolutely cannot ever beat it. Mm-hmm. All right, so we had a tweet from Glenn, uh, Glenn Jones, which I sent over to you, Cam. So Thanos and Shuri are too dominant. Patch later this month has significant changes in quote-unquote targeting both decks. Cam, what do you see 
as the potential nerfs and changes that could be coming. Do you think that it's Shuri and Thanos specifically, or are we targeting support cards that are in those lists? And what do you think they might be? I would think it's targeting support cards, but mm -hmm. I cannot be sure. Yeah. Say, let's say Thanos and Shuri get a significant reduction in power level, whatever way that is. What's the first deck or the first two decks you're, you're picking up and you, you're going to try to start competing with? Uh, that would be Sarah and Galactus. Mm -hmm. All right. I yeah. love Sarah. I try to play Sarah regardless. I am the biggest sucker for that card in the entire world. I think a Dark Horse would be some sort of uh, Moon Girl combo deck with She-Hulk. Although I do wonder if, you know, Shuri, losing Shuri would be kind of bad there. But like some sort of like, you know, like like the the deck that uh, Switch Force Zack played in uh, in the uh, uh, Danger Room tournament where mm. you go, you have like this Quinjet and Zabu thing that lets you get big discounts on like a bunch of cheap cards at the top end, I think is a pretty reasonable way to go about it. Mm. All right. So, I mean, that kind of wraps up. Most of our main topic, our top, our, our talking points. Kim, what are your sort of like? What are you planning to do for the rest of the season? What are your goals? Like, what are you focusing on? Um, how are you going to fill out sort of the the next few weeks? I'm going to be focusing on trying to keep my MMR in a range where I play human beings. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have to play a hundred percent human beings. That's fine, whatever. But I'm going to be focusing less on clickbaiting with a rank number and more on I want to be able to make good content. Mm -hmm. Are you looking to participate in any tournaments? I don't know. Um, I I'll see how it goes. I think. I need to figure out a way to improve first, and when I feel better about it, I will. I will reasonably do that. I think. Do you think that there's a is there a sort of uh, significant difference between the kind of decks you would bring to a battle mode tournament versus what you would ladder with? And if so, what are they? Not necessarily significant. Kang is an example of a card that gets a lot better in battle mode than it is on ladder. I would think. Mm. Do you play Kang in the Thanos Lockjaw decks? No. Yeah. <laughs> I uh so I I saw I think it was Den's list was the Thanos Lockjaw with Kang. And I, I remember I Shang-Chi'd my opponent um in my Lockjaw lane because they put a big power, uh big power uh, character there. And <laughs> it pulled my Kang, restarted the turn, and I was like, God dang it. <laughs> and they had space down, so they just moved the, uh, yep. <laughs> moved the guy. So that was... Uh, uh, do be like this. Yeah. I do think that um, I'm still really enjoying Kang. Like, I don't think it's lost into the Lockjaw deck in particular, the Thanos Lockjaw deck, but I do really like Kang. The one thing... The one thing about Kang that is interesting to me is, like, let's say you Kang on turn five. Oh, yeah, on turn six, sorry. A lot of times on ladder, you're going to be able to get a cube because, especially if you're in the higher ranks, people are really timid with staying in and they will fold to boomer snaps way more than you think. It's like very, very common and you get to free roll that. But Cam, I want to ask you about this situation, right? You play Kang, you snap your opponent, whether it's legit or not legit, they play their turn, you rewind the turn. So now they're presented with the scenario, right? Where you know exactly what they have and if you stay in the game, it's because you've like they have to assume that you can beat them. So are they is it always better for them to change their play? 
like have you been in like I, I think back to this like game theory example where there's like this this door and like there's, there's a donkey You're behind of the Monty Hall problem exactly like are you presenting that problem to your opponent where it's just like it's objectively correct for them to now just like completely swap their play whether it's just swapping the lane or just like I don't know like is Kang like somewhat minus EV to the person playing it I don't know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't think he's as much of a lock as people think, but I think a lot of the time, like, what? Are they going to not show you the strongest thing that you can do? Like, yeah. or the strongest thing that they can do? Like, especially, they're, they're, like, he's better the more narrow the range of things you're looking for is, right? If you're a Galactus deck and you're like, all right, do I lose the arrow here? Kang is amazing. He's way better when your range of things you're looking for is narrow. Yeah? And that is, you know, it's not nothing. It's kind of a it's kind of a cool little thing. It's uh when you, the range of things that you lose to is higher, he gets worse. Yeah. I think that's like a reasonable way to look at him. Yeah, what I find a lot is like if I have Kang in my hand and I have a powerful turn six play, I could play Kang and be like, okay, do they have the niche card that somewhat beats me here? But if I do that, and let's say they have like a five five or ten percenter to beat me, because I had a very powerful turn six, I play the Kang, I see their info. It's very unlikely they will usually leave, right? So I don't I don't keep that like 90% that I would have won and actually gotten the extra cubes. Now I just get the one because I wanted to see if they had like the five percenter or ten percenter to beat me. So Kang is like this really interesting card in Marvel Snap. I think that the, the equation gets skewed because you do juice so many cubes of people just folding to you because they get scared, like turn six, like maybe they've snapped out in the game and you just boom, you're in them for eight cubes, and they're like, I I can't take this risk. I'm out. It happens a lot. Um, but I'm interested to see where that card kind of goes in the game. It's it's really fascinating. Yeah, too. it's it's definitely it's definitely an interesting one for <laughs> sure. Awesome. I as far as as far as good, I honestly do still think the jury is still out. He's yeah. he's good, like he's the better the more specific the thing you're looking for is, the better he gets. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Cam, you any sort of last words before we head into the into the outro here? Um, I am extremely grateful for all the support we've received. I I think it's important to emphasize how my gratitude at times like these. I wanted to thank uh, Jerry Thompson, a ridiculous hat for coming on. I wanted to thank our listeners for sticking with us. Uh, what was it that we were the number one trend on? And I, I thought about this and I have a really funny observation. Oh, I don't know about really funny. Yeah. So it's, uh, we were the number one SEO on YouTube for Marvel snap podcast, which is, it's, it's a funny equation cause it's very dynamic. It updates a lot, but the fact that yeah. we were even close to, at some point, which is like, you know, somewhat related to upload time versus like search time. It's just, it's pretty incredible for how far, where we started and how far we've come. I I am like incredibly grateful for that. I know it's like a small little thing, but it's it's super incredible. Yeah. And really appreciate the guests. It was awesome having both Ridiculous Hat and Jerry Thompson on. Both of them are friends of yours, but they were players that I had admired from afar from for years, to be honest. Like I listened to Ridiculous Hat on her stunt podcast for literal years before this and jerry thompson was a player that i had watched from afar compete in magic turns for a long time so it's just it's been a great opportunity being able to talk to them and um yeah i echo your sentiment that i really appreciate everybody that's listened everybody that interacts with us you know gives us good questions every week all our reviews he's got reviews we've gotten it's been it's been amazing yeah i'm just i'm just grateful that especially in this time of uh uh, I guess you'd say leech sapping people's enthusiasm. 
that people are still enthusiastic about the thing that we do yeah. uh and and don't think i'll forget it yeah uh, i feel like uh it's funny because marvel snap has i feel like we've gotten from meta to meta we've kind of we've been in like the zabu meta the leader meta the leech meta and one thing that's really great about marvel snap so far is that they do address those things at somewhat a, of a quick cadence so while we sometimes get into like you know like these pseudo eldrazi winters of marvel snap we come out of them pretty mm-hmm. quick it gets fresh and we're back we're back sort of on the grind with new decks new cards new cards every month so God, much to work with i cannot wait to play kitty pride holy shit i cannot wait to play kitty. like i cannot tell you how much i like that card is made for me mm. even if it's bad it is something i would love to do well i do sort of worry like, is sandman gonna be good i actually think sandman's really good now yeah not necessarily buff. really good but like sandman sandman is a deck that i have very solidly in tier two it's mm-hmm. just very boring yeah that's i'm the exact same way with kang where it's like that card might be average on ladder but i'm gonna still play it because i just love rewinding that freaking turn <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised you're not a Sandman gamer, come to think of it. Maybe eventually, you know? Like, if it, if it creeps up in Tier 1, no reason why not. I mean, I had been playing the Sandman, I think it was back in the leader the leader meta, I had played Den's List that was Sandman Electro, um, and honestly had a lot of success with it. I'm pretty sure I hit Infinite with that list that season. Um, it does seem like it'd be your kind of thing, you know? <laughs> I love how, like, every card that just denies the opponent, it's like, that's gonna be on my list. <laughs> That you've you did that to yourself. You branded yourself this way. You're like, yeah, I'm the guy who likes asymmetric fun. Yeah, fine. And then fun. you and then you get mad when people are like, damn, Brendan, you must like this card that fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we do have a review this week. The this is from Aspire underscore FGC. They say, I've been a listener since episode two, and this has become part of my weekly podcast lineup. It's very informative, and both hosts are great. Listeners should take advantage of KM's Discord and its wealth of information full of great people willing to help you get better, keep up the great cast. And for anybody listening, we do have KM's Discord listed in the description below, so definitely check that Wait, out. Wait, we do? Damn. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Good for you. Great resource. Thank you. <laughs> If you want to get your review read out on the podcast, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash snapshot helps us out immensely. There's a video version of this podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash at the underscore snapshot. Hit that like and subscribe while you're there. Almost at 1K. I'm on Twitter at BrendanAPG. Cam's at KMBestMS. Cam, what's your stream schedule this week? Uh, Monday through Saturday. Hell yeah. I took, I took a day off in the middle of the week. I think I took off Thursday because I, I, like, I woke up. And I was just like, yo, I do not want to play this metagame. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up and I was just like, I got no idea what I want to do. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to take a day off there. But that's pretty rare. My day off is uh, Sundays. And that's like a day off sort of in name only where uh, I have, uh, you know, what I do is I write for Marvel Snap Zone and I do this podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Later. Later.